Thank you for joining us for this broadcast from the Ninth Avenue Church of Christ in Haleyville, Alabama. We hope that you will subscribe. All right, well, welcome back to our time of study. Like I said, we're going to pick back up in Colossians chapter 1, where we stepped away from a couple of weeks ago, but we're going to pick back up in this study and we're going to move forward. I want you to think for a moment about this question. What is your purpose? Okay, what is your purpose? For for so long, as, as, as I can remember, uh, I've heard a phrase about people that, that I've always kind of chuckled at a little bit, uh, but but it's always meant in a very positive way. It's always meant in a very positive way. It's usually said when someone passes, when, when you're at someone's funeral, and if they were a, a devout Christian and someone that was involved and someone who was faithful, this phrase was used. They were there every time the doors were open. They were there every time the doors were open. And what that is a reference to is every time there was a gospel meeting or every time there was a worship service or something like that, they were there and they were present. But... When I think about that term and I think about the way I've heard it used before and, and maybe some of the people that I have seen it used in, in their particular situations, I can't help but think that in their mind, just being there when the doors were open was enough. And what I mean by that is just being at worship was enough for them. That was the extent of, of their purpose. Their purpose was simply to go to church. And as we look through Scripture, one of the things that we're never told to do, one of the things that we're never commanded to do necessarily is to go to church. Now, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm not saying that we don't need to be about coming to worship. But what I'm saying is that can't be the beginning and the end of our faith. That is not our purpose. Our purpose is to be disciples and go out and live this Christian life every day. And then we have the opportunity to come back in together on a Sunday and, a, and, and on Wednesdays to, to, to re-energize and rejoice and thank God for the, for the ways of service that we've had through the week. Now, you may be thinking, well, Matthew, where are you going tonight? Well, I'm going to tell you where I'm going. I'm going to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1, starting at verse 24. And what I want to give you tonight is, is something maybe a little bit lighter than we had this morning. This morning was great, but we covered a lot of ground on a very deep subject this morning of the Holy Spirit. And so tonight... I want to give you maybe something a little bit lighter, something that's not as deep, but hopefully just as encouraging so that you can grow in your faith. But I want you to think about what is my purpose, and I want you to listen to some things that Paul writes here at the end of chapter 1 and the beginning of chapter 2, and then I'm going to give you five very quick points that I think will help you grow in understanding what your purpose needs to be in your faith as well. So let's pick up. He says, Now I rejoice. And what I'm suffering for you, and I fill up in and I fill up in my flesh what is still lacking in regard to Christ's affliction for the sake of his body, which is the church. We'll stop right there and just make a quick comment that we usually don't find suffering as a good thing. If we hurt, we want to try to get rid of that pain. But Paul over and over and over talks about suffering for the sake of the gospel as a positive thing. And I think that's such a strong narrative of his life. He keeps on going, verse 25. I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its fullness, the mystery that has been kept hidden for ages and generations but is now disclosed to the Lord's people. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom so that we can present everyone fully mature in Christ. To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I want you to know how hard I am contending for you and for those at Laodicea and for all who have not met me personally. My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have full so they, may, they might have the full riches of complete understanding and order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in spirit and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ. Okay, let's take these, these words and, 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 and do what Paul says. Paul encourages us to follow him as he follows Christ. And so what we want to do tonight is look at some things that he says, this is how I'm living my life, so that we can then live our life the same way. So let's begin in uh, verse 25. Let's see what he says in verse 25. He says, I have become its servant by the commission God gave me to present to you the word of God in its faithfulness. Okay, so what he's saying here is, look, I have been giving a reason. I've been given a purpose. I've been given something to do. And, and, and you get the idea as you read about Paul that Paul is excited and always ready to serve God. And that's the first thing that I want you to think about in your life tonight. Are you excited and ready to serve God? Uh, it's it's easy for us to come to church, okay? It's easy for us to come and sit in padded pews and an air-conditioned building that's well lit. You can hear real well. Everything is convenient. But service sometimes is not convenient. Service, a lot of times, is, is an idea of you having to do something you're uncomfortable with. You're going to have to stretch a little bit. You're going to have to give a little bit, all right? So my question to you tonight is, are you excited to serve and are you ready to serve when you think about what Christ has done for you does it put you in a place where you say hey God anything I can you gave me this you gave me this salvation you gave me this hope I want you to know in return I'm ready and I'm excited to serve you are you do are you are you that way do you look for opportunities I'm going to tell you last week we announced the idea of our um what was it of our adopt a school program and I can't tell you how many people have come up to me and said, hey, look, I, I can't help all the time. I can't help all the time, but let me know what I can do. They're ready to serve. Let me know what I can do. When, when, you, when, when you need something, just let me know. We've got a group of people that have said, hey, I want to be on this committee. And then we've got these other people that said, hey, I can't commit that much time, but I'm ready to serve when you need me. You tell, me tell me what to do. And that's what we're looking for as a church is people who are excited and ready to serve. All right, let's, let's keep going. He says in verse 28, we need to be a growing church, all right? We need to be a growing church. We get that, but how does he how does he say it? He is the one we proclaim, admonishing and teaching everyone with all wisdom, so that we may present everyone fully mature in Christ. What he's saying here is that our focus should be not really numbers, all right? Success in church is, is usually measured in three ways. Okay, what does the budget look like? How many people are in the pews? All right, and and there was a third one that just just completely slipped my mind as as I as I pulled that out of the filing cabinet back there. Um, 
But how many people are at church? How many people are there on Sunday mornings? If, you, if, you, if you're a great preacher and things are going great, your, your building's going to be full. If you're doing a good job, then people are going to be there. Well, if people are there, then the budget's going to go up. And so many preachers are judged by those two factors. And when those things aren't going as well as they should, they're the ones that kind of get blamed for that, all right? And so it was, it's a lot of times it's geared, our idea of growth is geared around numbers. But in verse 28, he tells us that growth equally as important. I'm not saying that numbers aren't important. Numbers equal great opportunity. You hear me say that. Numbers aren't what it's all about, but they equal opportunities of moments to help people grow, to do this thing, to move them to maturity. As Christians, we need to be discipling each other. We need to be in relationships with each other in the effort to helping people grow from where they are in their faith to a greater place and to a better place and in and a more mature place. Okay, you know, one of the things that always kind of shocks me when I think about Scripture is that these churches that Paul's writing to, I mean, the, these Christians are five, six, seven years old. They're not very old Christians. And one of the things that he continues to push them to do is to mature. We have a room full most Sundays of, of people who are lifelong Christians who have been Christians for 40, 50, 60, some of even 70 years. And the question is, is are you, are you mature? Okay, have you matured over that time? And not only have you matured, have you helped other people grow in their faith and mature? We need to be people, we need to be a church that move people from this point to point A to point B to point C and so forth. Move people to maturity. That's, that's the whole Thing that it's about, especially when we talk about discipleship. And you've heard me talk about that. We're not going to spend time with that, but that is the point and the purpose of all of that. Okay, let's go to verse 29. Verse 29, he says, To this end, I strenuously contend with all the energy, with all the energy Christ so powerfully works in me. I love this phrase. I love this idea that we need to work wholeheartedly and be full of energy. Okay, Paul Paul is saying, look, I am strenuously, okay, so I'm putting forth great effort. I am strenuously contending, which means he he's he's fighting for something. He's fighting against this so that this over here can be accomplished. And, and those words are saying, hey, look, you you have to have energy to be that way. It doesn't take energy to sit in the pew, not not much at all. Okay, you just get there and you just sit there. It's the same amount of energy as it takes to sit in front of your TV at home. But what Paul says is we have to have an energy about us that is, that, that is if we're going to be ready and excited to serve, we've got to have an energy that, that, that follows that up. We have to be ready to jump in, roll our sleeves up, and, we ha- and even when it gets tough, even when it gets difficult, we have to keep pushing, and we have to keep trying, and we have to keep striving to, to make those things um, to make those things positive and to move in a positive way. We have to be full of energy, Christian energy. And where do we get that? Hey, the Holy Spirit's one of them, but he says right here, he says, I'm able to do this because of the power that Christ works within me, okay? So that power, that energy may not always be ours. It may be the power of God that's pushing us and helping us grow. Let's keep going. we got a couple of more things here that I want you to have tonight. We need to be enriching the lives of others. Let's look at verses 2 and 3. 
My goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love so that they may have the full richness of complete understanding in order that they may know the mystery of God, namely Christ, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Look at the beginning of verse 2. But my goal is that they may be encouraged in heart and united in love. That, that was his goal for the Christians here at the Colossian church. Now, it is our job. It is our purpose. It is who we should be to be encouraging positive people. To be encouraging positive people. Now, in every church, I'm not oblivious to this. I, I, I know these things happen. In every church, there are people who are negative. There are people who do not like change. There are people who are set in their ways. And when you want to have growth, those type of individuals feel very threatened. And they really struggle with the idea because with growth comes change. With growth comes newness. And it's easy to push back at that and be that negative person. But listen, as Christians, our job is to encourage and to lift each other up, to put out a positive impression of the Lord's church. And if conversations that you are having are not doing that, if conversations you are having are meant to pull people down, either they're meant to or not, if they are, if they are pulling people down, if they are talking negative about people, if they're not encouraging thoughts, we need to keep them to ourselves. And listen, we're all tempted with that, okay? We're all tempted with that to be negative sometimes, to, to fall into that negative pattern. But Paul says here, look, our job, our purpose is for us to be encouraged in heart and united in love. And our love for each other needs to be the motivation of all that. If I really do love you, I'm not going to talk bad about you to your face or behind your back or anybody. I'm not going to talk to you about a church. I'm not going to talk to a church member about you, okay, because I love you. And I want to be building you up. So we need to be enriching the lives of each other. And then here's the last thing. Here's the last thing, and then the lesson is yours. Like I said, we're, we're, we're keeping it light tonight, uh, but, but we're focused on, on, on true living, uh, truly living out the scriptural life. We need to delight in obedience. Look at verses 4 and 5. I tell you this so that no one may deceive you by fine-sounding arguments. For though I am absent from you in body, I am present with you in the Spirit, and delight to see how disciplined you are and how firm your faith is in Christ Jesus. You know, enriching each other's lives and delighting obedience, they, they really go hand in hand. We should be about encouraging each other. And what should we rejoice in? We should rejoice in the truth of God. We should rejoice in the positive things. Those should be the things that we talk about. Look, our world is full of negative right now. Our world is full of negative, and it's easy to get wrapped up in the news cycle and the things that are going on in our country, and it's easy to let that negative roll into our uh, everyday lives. But he says, look, look inward at the great things that are happening in the kingdom. Look inward at the great things that are happening in our church and delight in those things. And when you delight in those things, you find joy in those things. You find happiness in those things. They encourage you. They make you feel better. We're to be delighting in the things that we're doing with each other. You know, one of the things that I delight in, that, that, that I have been delighting in here lately, and this is really not anything I've shared with anybody. It's, it's just something that has encouraged me and I have found joy in, and that is this. 
we have had a lot of, even during this negative COVID time of being separate and not being in the building together and all this stuff, we have had several of our families experience some great positive moments. We've had weddings in our church family during this time. We've had engagements happen during this difficult time. We have had, uh, we, 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 we've watched some of our church members become grandparents for the very first time. And that's, I have delighted in that. I have delighted in watching just, just the happy moments of life, even though some of them have kind of been out of the distance. Some of them I've been a little more involved in, but I have delighted in seeing the happiness that comes from your life, from the things that you're experiencing. Your happiness makes me happy. And people are telling me all the time, you know, Matthew, I know you're new. Don't get discouraged by the things that have been going on here at church with the COVID thing and other things that we've been challenged with. Don't get discouraged. And I'm like, hey, I'm not discouraged because I delight in watching you guys live your life and be happy and have all these positive things happen to you. It makes my heart happy to see God blessing you. And that's what it's about. We're not always going to be in a season of blessings together. But when we are seeing other people being blessed, we need to delight in those things because there's going to come a time that we're going to be blessed and people need to delight in that as well. Because if you're being blessed, and you're part of this church, that means God is blessing this church. And I delight in that. And I hope that you do too. All right. That's that's what we're going to touch on tonight. That's what we're going to uh that's what we're going to to leave with. That's what we're going to kind of have as our our thought tonight. Nothing overly deep, but but these things are important. Be excited and ready to serve. Be a person that helps move people to maturity. Be in, be wholeheartedly energetic in the things that you're doing in the kingdom. Enrich the lives of others. Let's be positive and delight in obedience. Delight in those positive things. Listen, it's been a great day. Some of you have a crazy week ahead of you, but I'm glad that today has been a great positive day that hopefully launches you into a great week ahead. Let's close with a prayer, and then the evening will be yours, and, and I hope that God will continue to bless you. Let's go to God in prayer. God, thank you for being the great I am. Thank you for being uh, the God that is full of mercy and grace. And just thank you for being our Father. God, I, I pray for our church family as, as we are preparing for a period of growth, as we are getting ready for some newness, as we are preparing to start a new chapter as a church family here in a few weeks. God, I just pray that you continue to bless us Help us to always look to you and give you everything we can from our life to serve you with. It's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. If this program has been beneficial to you, please consider subscribing on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast provider. Also, we'd love for you to leave us a five-star review, which will greatly assist us in getting the message of God's love and salvation to others. We'd love even more for you to join us in person. We are located at 20 